0: This episode is brought to you by Viori. Uncomfortable clothes are just the worst, and no one should have to deal with that. I mean, I'm not too ashamed to admit it. In the beginning of my journey, I had some podcasting pants. They were uncomfortable. They weren't aerodynamic. Yo, it was hurting my performance, and there are so many better options out there like Viori. Their performance apparel is unbelievably comfortable and versatile. For instance, their performance jogger, you'll never want to take it off, and you can pretty much wear it anywhere. The gym, while you run your errands, or while you're relaxing, at home, watching movies. So get yourself some of the most comfortable clothing ever at Viore. It's an investment in your happiness. And get 20% off your first purchase by visiting viore.com slash ringiverse. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash ringiverse.
1: The Ringiverse, your Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. I'm the number one Willow fan in the entire universe, Joanna Robinson. And joining me today is the other number one Willow fan in the entire universe, Van Lathan. Hi, Van. How are you?
2: Oh, my God. Matt Mardigan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also joining us today is uh, our... Dearest, beloved friend, Molly Rubin, who we have emotionally blackmailed into watching Willow for the first time so that she can come, like, swim in a nostalgia pool with us. Molly Rubin, how are you feeling?
3: Joe, Van, I dwell in darkness without you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: sun and the moon.
3: Um, what, what a thrill to be here with you, to
2: share this with
1: joy. you. What a joy. We're going to do a vibes-only House of Midnight podcast today, talking about... The incredible 1980s fantasy film, Willow, spearheaded. That film was spearheaded by George Lucas, ever heard of him? Directed by Ron Howard, ever heard of him? i of him, lab. And an incredible score by James Horner, ever heard of him? It's Willow. Uh, before we get into all that, quick programming reminders. Just in case you thought this was like the Willow podcast this week. <laughs> no, no. Think again. Uh, Van and I will be back on Wednesday for a uh, a Giovanna special on the new Disney Plus Willow TV series. Can't wait to talk about it with Van. Genuinely, this is like my holiday gift from the Ringer. They're like, Joanna, do you want to do not not one but two Willow podcasts? I do. And that's about all I have to say about about the Ringerverse this week. Uh, you can hear Molly Rubin and yours truly talking about White Lotus, completely different vibe, <laughs> over on the Prestige TV <laughs> podcast feed. Do you want, if you want to enjoy that, uh, Van, uh, what what do you have going on elsewhere in the Ringer uh, network? Nothing. Great. Happy holidays. It's, we're
2: we're 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 gearing up for one of the most controversial episodes. I can already say it now that it's coming. It's the Midnight Mulligans episode.
1: Oh yeah!
2: Where we are going to relitigate all of the midnight meter rankings and scores and things. Steve and Favorite. I have an agenda to get off. Okay, we're gonna get it off. This might be a three-hour podcast with everyone about fighting. About the Matrix. It's a. This is gonna be about the Matrix.
1: Oh, I knew it. It's,
2: it's me <laughs> and Steve it. have a. Me and Steve have a Matrix. <laughs> Resurrection's agenda to get off. I watched it again last night. <laughs> no. It gets better every I time I see it.
1: Steve has been banging this room all year. Oh, my yep. God. All right. Um, I was wrong. <laughs> if you have any thoughts or feelings about The Matrix or Willow or um, White Lotus theories, because apparently people are already doing this, you can email us at hobbitsanddragons at gmail.com. Uh, I, My inbox is full of White Lotus theories. That's not the email associated with that show, but nonetheless,
3: people are sending me theories. Mallory. The theory emails find you just as the orgies find you if you're at the White Lotus. (laughs) Hey, Mal.
2: um, Podcast?
3: No, are you watching White Lotus?
2: (laughs) Uh, No, but uh, no. Give it a go. I need to. I need to check it out. Apparently now, now that was yep. a ringing endorsement.
1: My so. brain just blurred <laughs> for a second. I was like, "Were there orgies in Willow?" No. Okay. Um, Mal, how else can people keep up to date on uh, on the Ringerverse?
3: Well, the first thing that I'd recommend is following the pod. Sure. You know, yeah. If you're interested in what might be happening here on the Ringerverse, follow the pod. Follow the pod on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to know what episode is coming is to see what episode is waiting for you in your feeds. <laughs> I would also recommend following the Ringerverse on the social media platform of your choosing. We're out there for you. Memes, programming reminders, pod links, vibes, all
1: of it. Videos of the boys. We love to see it. Van, do you want to hit us with a spoiler warning today? What are we spoiling?
2: Uh, Today we're spoiling... (laughs) A 30-year-old movie. (laughs) Willow. And guess what? If you haven't seen it, you're out of time. You're officially out of time. The deadline is today.
1: (laughs) This moment right here to have
2: seen Willow. Because if not, me and my friends are going to spoil it for you. You The movie has... You've had so much time! (laughs) Spoiler warning over.
3: I All stuck right. in just before the deadline. I was <laughs> really proud of you though. No, yeah. I mean, a couple, a couple Relieved. Of days Boy. to spare. A couple days. Anyway. Yeah. Saturday night holiday week viewing for me. What a treat let's, it was. Let's start there, Mallory.
1: Tell oh. me about your experience watching Willow for the first time on Saturday.
3: I had a blast. So <laughs> that's, that's where I'll begin. Yeah. I, long ago, 36 years ago, was a baby born in 1986, two years before Willow. And though I didn't know it at the time, I was born with a rune on my arm. The prophecy said I would one day view and love Willow and (laughs) share it with my beloved pals here on the Ringerverse. And, uh, you know our paths, who can say where they'll take us and what the road that we travel will look like and who we'll travel it with. But I made it here (laughs) after my journey at the crossroads to share this podcast with you. What a sweet movie. What a charming movie. What a beautiful Mm -hmm. story about uh, answering the call, the quest, fellowship, found family, magic, some of my favorite things in stories. Love that. The effects were so interesting. The dark that's <laughs> interesting I left interesting. it open for us too interesting like, for more like in very both. interesting effects yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting and these really like heartening spirited elements of fantasy and possibility in- mixed in and imbued with these fantastical like dark Elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the some of the stuff that happens in this movie is pretty scary. You know, creatures' heads exploding, etc. I wonder how I would have felt about it when I was a wee tot. Pigs. But uh, pigs, everybody, you know, transfiguration. I love it. I am really excited to hear how much this movie meant to both of you as kids throughout your lives, because one of my favorite things, as you both know, is to. Despite the the deadline for the spoiler warning that Van said at the top, embrace the fact that it's never too late. It's never too late to welcome a new story into your heart and to share it with people you love. And I'm thrilled to be here today to do that with both of you. <laughs> it's
1: um, I rewatching it uh, this week. I watched it Thanksgiving night. We were just sort of like, hanging out. I was like, hey, you want to watch Willow? I have to watch it this weekend, and uh, my 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 family said yes, so that's what we did. Um, so. Uh, I was struck by, I was just thinking about Mallory watching it for the first time. And I was like, I wonder what it's like to watch this after being familiar with Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. because this is it's like so clearly the way in which, you know, George Lucas used Star Wars and Indiana Jones to riff on like very known, you know, Flash Gordon and Adventure Serial sort of stuff. He's like, what if I make a Lord of the Rings story? Essentially, that's what Willow is. Um, So it's, I don't think it's like trying to hide all the things that it lifts from Lord of the Rings. Um, But I watched it before I had read a single page of Tolkien or seen the film. You know, I was like seven or whatever at Mm -hmm. the time. And so I hadn't like exploring that. So to me, it was all like new and fresh. On the Tolkien front, Van, will you tell me your experience watching Willow this weekend?
2: So, (laughs) my brother is a huge, huge Tolkien fan. Uh-huh. fig, leaf, whatever it is. Leaf by niggle. The, but yeah. Whoa. Um, and so, whoa, Joe. Whoa. I love it. I oh love it. Say it again, Joe. Nope. Say it again. <laughs> um. Uh, so, you know, he's like so into it and it's great, but it's also like, really? You went to New Zealand? Like, you know, it's like you went there. It's like, hey, I'm hanging out. And you're sending me all the pictures. And it's been his whole life. Sounds amazing. Whole, I know. Oh is he interested God.
3: in having a new best friend? And can you connect us via text?
2: No.
1: He is. By <laughs> the no, at D23, Van was like texting his brother. And I was like, say this about Tolkien. Say that yeah. about Tolkien. I like just really <laughs> want to be best friends with his brother. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. So.
2: So he's over at the house. And I said, you know, watch a guy. Watch a Willow for the pod. New Willow show. He's all very excited because he likes Willow. And I said to him, I said, you know what? Willow is better than Lord of the Rings.
3: Because <laughs> that is
1: Cause, not true. Because what's Thanksgiving without a fight, right, man? How did, yeah, how did like, that go, how
2: did that go I'm for you? I'm it's sitting around. I, you know, I got a glass of wine. <laughs> I'm like, Willow's better than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. He's, he's, you know that's not true. I'm like, Lord of the Rings takes itself so seriously. Willow is having a fun time with a wink and a nod to us. You know? Think about the... I was like, let's match up the characters. Yep. If we did a Willow Battle Royale, give me Frodo versus... uh No, uh, Frodo versus Willow. I'll take Willow. Give me Mad Mortigan. <laughs> Versus Aragorn, I take my Mardigan, <laughs> and I just went down the <laughs> Yeah, I take Matt Mardigan.
1: Wow, I okay. take <laughs> this is... I take Willow over Frodo. I would. I would not take Matt Mardigan over Aragorn. And Matt Mardigan
2: would kick the shit out of. By the way, this was me. I don't really believe this. This was me right. being <laughs> a little brother. Yeah, Thanksgiving. It, or, or ribbing yeah, ribbing yeah. him. It got so out of hand to where. Yeah. Like I was called ignorant of, <laughs> of Tolkien, I was called stupid, like a fraud because I don't know as much about this lore as I'm talking about. It's like Van gets on the, the Van gets on podcast and acts like he knows a lot about this stuff. He only knows his, he he had no childhood. He sat down and watched movies all day. When I was in the library reading about the real stories that this stuff is based on, and it got to a certain point to where I couldn't draw it back in. I couldn't get them back. You know cuz when you when you get when you spin a yarn, you want to leave enough thread out there to get somebody back, couldn't get them back. But I, you guys, just <laughs> before you guys get I realized that Willow is not as good <laughs> as Fellowship of the Ring, as as the Two Towers or as Return of the King. I realize all of that stuff. It was just me being a little brother. I can still do that at 42. But I will say this last thing. Willow is a very meaningful movie in my childhood. It's like super duper meaningful it was my introduction to a lot of this type of stuff just mm-hmm. like you said it was it was a movie that they made a huge big deal about you know willow cups willow stuff it was this big deal and i was too young yeah
0: how'd I, I miss the <laughs> merch merch <laughs> oh it was
2: at burger king or mcdonald's or something I was too young to realize that uh, the movie didn't quite hit the lofty critical and commercial heights that people wanted it to. I was in wonderment from the very beginning, and it hasn't changed even in all of these years. I love this film. I made all the Midnight Boys watch it months and months and months ago. Like, I love this movie.
3: You guys think uh, naming numerous. Villains and magical creatures. After critics had anything to do with the fact that the critics didn't like the movie, <laughs> I think that I think that could have had any bearing on the. That, uh, that's
1: literally a fun fact I learned this weekend reading so the Wikipedia page. I wild. did not know until this weekend. Um, Mallory, I have a really important question to ask you because, like, we're going to talk about like so the '80s. You know, as as Mallory already mentioned, she's like about five or so years younger than us. So, like, are, we are micro generations apart. So, like didn't exactly grow up like stewing in the fan- high fantasy 80s the way that, that Van and I did. But more importantly, something that Mallory said to me before she had seen Willow that kind of shocked me, She's like, I was never a Val Kilmer person. So my question, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, my question to you, Van's face says otherwise, but I say, that's okay, Mallory. Well, my Mm-mm. question to you, Mal, is how, where Actively are you on- Actively not okay. How, where are you on
3: Val Kilmer Post Willow, I would like to clarify. Okay, I have always enjoyed <laughs> Val Kilmer as a performer. Okay, what what I what I said to Joe and what is true is that I'd never had like a crush on Val oh. Kilmer or a Val Kilmer character before. I had never <laughs> I had never been smitten. You were right <laughs> until, <Ooh>. now. <laughs> until now. Until <I'm> now. Again. <laughs> until now. I mean the palpable, overt Han Solo energy oozing off of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> a rogue with a ponytail? Yeah. Yeah. With like Sign the braids, up. the half. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. wonderful. And it's interesting that you you started with the the Lord of the Rings comp because obviously that is very present and you can you can map things on very neatly. But it's also difficult Watching the movie now as an adult to not think almost every frame and every character introduction about a Star Wars comp, which is like it's a remake, the the Lucas of it all. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's a remake. So that's one of the really fun things. I of course can't, I can't relate to having seen this and having this be like one of my gateways into a fantasy adventure world. But it is really it is really neat to be able to to bring all of the very present and, and clear comps to it. Joe to your to your to your note about the the 80s uh 80s kid movie going experience of it all, I actually I'm gonna like have to follow up with my parents about why Willow wasn't a part of my life because I'm sort of confused about it now. Yeah, because actually I did spend a lot of time in my young years watching movies from the 80s. Like I watched. I watched the Princess Bride at my. Da- we went to my dad's every other weekend, mm-hmm. and we watched the Princess Bride basically every time we were there. That was mm-hmm. a part of our. And that movie's eighty seven, right? That's yeah, yeah. another yeah. like very easy and clear comp to make here. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how uh, how Willow missed me or I missed Willow. The I think the thing-
2: Princess Bride yeah. is a more. F- f- you have to see that movie, and Willow. You know what's funny is me. I thought I'm. By, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. No, go. Um, but I think that I thought Willow was that. I know. And I was kind of surprised when it wasn't. Like, The Princess Bride, you are divorced from a large portion of just pop culture-esque shit if you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I thought Willow was that way. I really did. And, and, and asking people if they've seen the movie, me and my sister watched this movie like once a week. We watched it all the time and it was on TV a lot and there's a lot of people who to your point Mal did not that I thought that they just did they didn't see it even of my same age.
1: I think it kind of disappeared so like when it came out my understanding is that when it came out in 88 it was seen as like a lesser Princess Bride like the Princess Bride really overshadowed it I think because Princess Bride has that like sort of ironic frame narrative like extra level of detachment from like the like, this is such an earnest movie, you know? Um, And so The Princess Bride is, like, a cooler, like, mm. thing to love uh, at the time. And I think it might have been on TV for a while, but Willow also disappeared for a good long time because it wasn't available on, like, home video or DVD for a long time before it showed back up on Disney Plus recently. So, like, it kind of vanished for a while from from the cultural conversation. And, like, I think it's really interesting that, like, even other, the 80s are so interesting because I think, you know, Sean and I had a conversation about this on The Big Pick a couple months ago, but, like, I think because of, like, D&D popping off the way it did in the 70s, and I think because of Tolkien having its, like, multiple, like, resurgences in, like, the hippie boom and stuff like that, the 80s fantasy boom was such an interesting time But a lot of those movies are flops. So, like, movies that I love, like Legend with Tom Cruise or Beastmaster or even, like, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, the Jim Henson movies. Like, this was, like, Hollywood was really chasing this, but they weren't usually successful, which is why the 90s kind of dried up for this high fantasy world. And we didn't get it again until Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter come back in, like, 2001. What were you going to say, Van? Reagan. You blame Reagan for this?
2: I'm actually being for real. (laughs) Okay, tell me why. Growing up in Baton Rouge, the city was run by Jimmy Swaggart and Family Christian Academy, right? And this was the rise of the religious right. This was the rise. There was a, for every single finger on your hand, there was a superpower televangelist. Jim Baker, Jimmy Swaggart, Billy Graham was still holding on. Jack Vanapie. You know what I mean? There's a couple other guys out there that I forgot, right? There was a stigma around films like this, and these religious groups would go after these movies. I remember particularly watching Willow in uh, uh, Broussard Apartments, uh, Coy Avenue, Baton Rouge, and having friends over and saying, my mom won't let me watch this stuff. My dad won't let me watch this stuff. There was a real rebellion at least where I was from, like my mom and my dad never had a problem with that. My mom would look at stuff like that. My mother is a very devout woman. Would be like, "This kids playing, this family, is like oh it's like magic and wizards and all of that. It's fine, like it's what, whatever." But I remember that there being a thing. That there being a thing, the music. You know what I mean? Like, there's a the, in the legend. The, actually, the devil was like there. In a real scary way, I was scared of Legend for a very long time. So I think a lot Tim of this is th-
1: terrifying in that terrifying movie. in that movie, but also I- kind of hot. I'm not gonna lie to you,
2: <laughs> Joe. <laughs> like, you rewatch Legend and you talk to me about it. Okay, <laughs> I'll check it out. So I think a lot of this stuff was <laughs> muted by the fact that there was such an underpinning in culture. Of the religious right at that time, I remember the I remember there being a discourse about Dungeons and Dragons.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, sure. Like when you
2: play Dungeons, the satanic, Dungeons and, the satanic, satanic panic. panic, yeah, yeah, for sure. Big part of Stranger
3: Things, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So I just, I think it's interesting that like and like listen to to your darkness point, Mal. Like the eighties fantasy darkness because like Legend right. is scary and fucked up and like. Our main heroine turns into this like sexy goth princess and literally like dances around and is attracted to the devil. That happens in that movie, right? Return to Oz is one of the scariest movies Joe, that has ever up. existed.
0: Bruh, it that's is a fucked up movie.
1: That, that, movie. that movie is fucked <laughs> up, bro. <bruh>. It's horrifying. <laughs> and we'll give you nightmares forever. So, like in the 80s, 80s, fantasy was like not afraid to go there. And yeah, in Willow, like. Bab Morda, who's also the main bad guy in Return to Oz, Gene Marsh, just, like, pulling double duty in my nightmares for uh, my childhood, like, turning everyone to pigs? And, like, the whole final act that takes place in the rain with, like, two old women just, like, flinging each other around the room and Bab Morta's all, like, waxy and terrifying – while a baby, I, I think legally you're not allowed to put a baby in the rain the way that they put the baby in the rain. But the baby's just in the rain. Mal, what do you what do you think about
3: it? The, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> As Vamp <laughs> face is like caving in, <laughs> and the, the 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 surface of her face is starting to ref- like resemble a brain. You know, the the ripples, <laughs> and the curves, mm. and. Then we pull lightning from the sky. I just started doing my Palpatine voice. Oh, yeah. I just started saying, good, good. Unlimited power! Oh, yeah. So funny. Um, On the deeply unsettling and disturbing front, how about the movie opening, beginning with the imprisonment of every pregnant woman in the realm? Yeah. Pretty intense opening note. (laughs) And then, like, (laughs) for the film, here
1: come demon dogs to, like, track you down across the countryside.
2: hmm Yeah. Snarling. When she turns him into the pig and she starts doing like the snorting. Snort. Yeah. It's so, man, it was like so, it's like so guttural and scary and she's so bad. And I, it, okay, obviously there's been some time that's passed. <laughs> so, if you're, if you're watching yeah. Willow and you expect it to be blown away, <laughs> By the effects that you see on screen, yeah. then you're probably gonna be a little disappointed, and that's another thing that why I'm so interested for the for the Disney plus series because it's almost like we get to see what they can do with some with a real budget and some real technology. However, I was expecting the movie to suffer more on upon rewatch from some of the bad effects or some of the i guess not. The, the the era of effects they were in. And it really didn't, man. I think the story is so solid in Willow that you just kind of go, ah, fuck it. Let's go. And the scary stuff is still scary. The trolls still bothers me. The troll is still old. The trolls are still ultra disgusting. The demon that comes forth from the trolls, it still makes my skin crawl. The movie still works, man. And I've seen the best of effects, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. Great. The real the the Mad Morgan pulling the uh cave troll and Minds of Moria move on the uh on the demon is great. No, those trolls, those trolls crawling along, which are just guys in suits, scary. really scary. There's a lot of cool practical effects in this. A lot like a lot of the brownie stuff. Um, there's an ILM docuseries on Disney Plus called Light and Magic, and there's a segment on Willow, and I think it's like episode five, uh, where Ron Howard. Ron Howard, who, like, looks exactly like my dad did in 1988 with, like, the mustache and, like, the feathered hair and stuff like that, um, is, like, he's talking about how he wasn't a tech guy when he got hired to direct this movie. He's not; a, He doesn't understand tech, but he goes to ILM. And, um, yeah, so they did a lot of this practically. Like, a lot of the brownie stuff looks dicey, you know, because the brownies are these small guys and, uh, you know, but... They also built a bunch of like large sets. So when like the brownies are, like rolling around the cart with like the apples and stuff like that, that's just like Kevin Pollak and the other dude just like <laughs> rolling around a giant set. Um, but the big, the big special effect that's in this movie that they talk about in that docu series is the is when Finn Roselle is changed to all those different animals, the morphing, the animals, yeah, yeah, and um, and how that was just like this huge state of the art like breakthrough in ILM tech that they did uh, that holds for Willow. up.
3: Yeah, I think it, it does, really, really does. does. Yeah. 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 The effects are kind of a neat hybrid of a nostalgic time capsule of what things looked like in 1988 if you were trying to make a movie like this and that really cutting edge innovation. Like when you see the the morphing sequence you can you can feel that that was innovative at the time and then to read up and learn that that was in, literally invented and discovered right for this film like it's you know, Van, your, your point about being really eager to see the effects on Disney+, Plus. I'm sure that the show will look wonderful, even just like watching the trailer again after watching the movie. I was like, this looks like it's going to be a blast. The world looks beautiful. There's always the OG trilogy prequel enhanced effects aspect to consider when something that's Really embedded in your mind as looking and feeling a certain way is updated yeah. so fully. And it's like, dude, will we? Do I want that? I, I say we. <laughs> yeah. I watched this movie two days ago. We will we collectively like reject <laughs> that that's what Willow is supposed to look like. Probably but like, that'll be an interesting thing. Will we, the OG Willow fans, will we, the people who have been thinking about what Willow looks like for yeah.
1: three decades, 40 years,
2: be ready we, to see? Will we reject change? Mm. When we reject progress like <laughs> Yellowstone. I oh, stand in boy. the way of progress.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad we brought up what a Yellowstone last night. My
1: guess, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Joe, I'm we're, brought, just, we're, we're ready. And we're ready to talk about a show that I haven't seen on my Willow <laughs> podcast.
0: Okay. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Viore. Uncomfortable clothes are just the worst, and no one should have to deal with that. I mean, I'm not too ashamed to admit it. In the beginning of my journey, I had some podcasting pants. They were uncomfortable. They weren't aerodynamic. Yo, it was hurting my performance, and there are so many better options out there like Fiori. Their performance apparel is unbelievably comfortable and versatile. For instance, their performance jogger, you'll never want to take it off, and you can pretty much wear it anywhere. The gym, while you run your errands, or while you're relaxing, at home, watching movies. So get yourself some of the most comfortable clothing ever at Viori. It's an investment in your happiness. And get 20% off your first purchase by visiting vioricom slash ringiverse. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash ringiverse. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash, Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. <laughs> Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast.
2: This episode
1: is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold, slurpy drinks on a hot summer day are a match made in heaven.
3: And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy
0: treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about am going forward. Anytime there's a drink
2: like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7 Eleven, valid through 1725? 7 Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax. Participating
1: US stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. I'm glad you brought up the Mad Mardigan Han Solo vibes. I thought, especially when Sorsha calls him like a scruffy looking nerf herder, I thought that was like really a little on the nose. No, um, I love Sorsha. I will say re-watching it, uh, Sorsha's change of heart comes very
2: quickly. Yeah, so it's, it's
3: sudden.
1: It's <laughs> like I'm, literally, it's,
2: it's literally, it's like she, her heart wasn't in it from the beginning. She just flips, she turns on a dime.
1: She's, she sees Val with his shirt off once, and she's like, that's 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 enough for me. I think and I know what
2: it is, though. What is it? His teeth, man. At first, the teeth were so yeah. fucked up, she couldn't yeah. see. And then, because that's disgusting even still. And then as soon as he starts doing a little better, he gets out. His yeah. teeth get better. She's down.
3: Didn't know they had crushed white strips back in the... Uh- <laughs> 88. But my God, the results are instant. I wonder if he's using like the charcoal toothpaste, all that newfangled tech for at-home whitening. Wonderful. Great smile. Um, I love that Val does a
1: whole long action sequence in a dress, and then the dress stays on, and it's just like, looks great, is great. He pulls it off. It turns into like a loincloth at one point. Still works. Still works. (laughs) Sure does. Yeah. Then he gets like this whole black ensemble, and then he just like forgets how buttons work or whatever. His shirt is just open in the snow for no reason Mm -hmm. at all.
3: At all. You need, you know, ventilation. Oh, right, 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 You need to breathe in
2: battle. Too hot to be cold. Val's great, and Val's like
3: a really important part of why
1: this movie works at all. But let's talk about Warwick Davis, who like is a cultural icon in general, but hasn't had a role like this where it's his show since this movie. Van, talk to me about Warwick Davis.
2: 18 years old.
1: 18. Yeah. Wild.
2: 18 years old at the time that this is coming, this is my introduction to Warwick Davis. Uh, was, and, and and it's weird because, you know, in the community, at least in my community, you call somebody by the name of the character that you loved for the rest of their lives. So me and my, my trying to get my sister to watch Life is Too Short. She's like, oh, who's in it? And I'm like, oh, Willow is in it. It's his, he's Willow. And so to see him come back, the character is much like you were talking about, much like Luke Skywalker in the fact that there is this destiny that he's trying to access that people can see in him. um, But he has to go through a hero's journey and a trial to get to it. Like You can tell earlier on that there's a certain wonder, uh, a certain sense of adventure, um, a certain sense of decentness. that is different about Willow. Willow wants more. He's, he's actually destined for more and he can feel that he wants different things than, you know, uh, the rest of the people in this town want. And it was a very affecting portrayal for me as a kid, just to be honest with you, because I had never seen, um, like a little person be the star and the hero of the show. And, it was uh, to see the film centered on him, to see him not be something that was a sideshow or something that was brought in for comedic effect, but to see strength, vulnerability, see all of that stuff, like as a kid, I'm gonna be honest with you, that really affected me. That really was like, it kind of changed, like this sounds stupid, but it kind of changed everything for, for me at least um very early on and uh it destigmatized in a lot of ways like at the end when he runs back and he's reunited with his family and there it's just yeah there's just like a there's a normalization there they th- there's a love and there's a sense of humanity the movie was really important for that for me like as a kid that's just you know so um I think it was groundbreaking like in that sense. I'm not saying that it led to the it led to like a, a sort of a sea change of people's attitudes around how they view uh different types of people and different types of life experiences, but I think it meant something and to me it really really did and I thought his performance was was amazing and obviously he's a top flight performer, you know.
1: Something that Mal and I have talked a lot uh, about a lot in our coverage of these various like like Andor and Rings of Power is this idea of the importance of like being in the community that is under threat for a while to understand what you're defending, and I had just forgotten like how much time we spend with the the new ones like in their, yeah. in their at the festival and like everything. It's a lot longer than I had remembered. And um, sorry, no Nelwyn, Nelwyn no is how you pronounce it. And like. Just to see that entire community thriving. And I also love that Willow is a dad and a husband. Like, usually yeah. this call to adventure happens to, like, a, a, a Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, the fact that he's, like, comes home to his kids, his wife. I cry every time Kaya a cuts so off her braid
2: and gives it to
1: him. And she's very just sweet. so my sweet.
2: God. <laughs> like, right, right, my God. Right, God. I wish I could call my mom in here. So she's at the end of the movie. Like, when she does that, and then at the end of the movie, it's just, they, they almost... They almost collide into one another. It's just so beautiful, man.
1: Mal, you want to talk about Willow? That's Warwick. That part is is just very pure.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's a legend. And what an incredible iconic role. I loved Joe, like you're saying, seeing the community and understanding like the inner workings and the traditions and the customs inside of this community. And one of the things that I really loved and thought was very clever and important is that Willow is not, from the minute the film starts, only trying to convince the Dakinis that he can do magic. He's trying to convince people all around him. Yeah. Other Nelwins, right? And the fact that he is, like, to Van's point, eager and desirous of this adventure and of the magic and wants to be a sorcerer and can't wait to go for the trial. And, and <laughs> that moment where... That, that moment where uh, H- Aldwin asked him after, like, why did you hesitate? And he knows that Willow knew that the right answer was, like, my own finger. Yeah. That was, uh-huh. a, just a great little moment and I thought really captured, like, the theme of the story well, like, believing in yourself, trusting yourself, but also finding people who can help you do exactly that and unlock something for you about that possibility that is out there in the world but also within. Wonderful. The the hero's journey mapping is very interesting in that respect too because like if you think about something like a traditional refusal of the call Yeah. the refusal comes when Willow has to consider the threat to his family. Mm-hmm. Like, what threat does this baby pose, et cetera? And, like, what does it mean if I go out into the world? Am I leaving behind the people that I love? Will they be at risk? But he's really eager for the quest within that. And those two I- ideas, like, exist in harmony with each other, which feels very, like, true to life. So I thought that that was really cool. I loved that. Um, just a Just a wonderful character. And I'm so interested to see, like, what the rest of his life was like. It's amazing to me that there wasn't a sequel sooner than this. And it was, it was, I was fascinated to like read up a little bit on how long they've been talking about doing a sequel or developing a show, which of course makes sense. But like, yeah, you would want to know, you would want to know what the rest of this character's life was like and like what happened with his family. And that was the other thing I I was really thinking about. Joe, to your point about like, he's got a wife, he's got kids can't tell you how much I loved that because on the one hand, very few things I adore as much as a quintessential coming of age tale. Like an incredibly important part of my life as a reader and a viewer. But your Hogwarts letter arrives when you're 11. And if it doesn't arrive, that's that. Like the idea that you could live your life and it would never be too late to discover that you could... Enjoy magic. one of these adventures too. Yeah. That you yeah. could wave the wand and that blue glow yeah. would come out of it was just like a really a really cool thing. So now I'm I'm committing anew to becoming a sorcerer. That's really what I wanted to oh, share with you. I, I can't today. I cannot so. wait
1: for this journey for you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> on the like Lord of the Rings mapping front, I will say the yeah. only character that does not come out. Super well for me uh in that mapping pro uh processes Migosh, who is like our pseudo Sam because he leaves Willow so quickly. Yeah. And like Willow I'll, tells him to go. But like yeah. I was like, Migosh, you are Sam would never. Where was his but I can carry you? <laughs> right. um, I like but I like
2: yeah. that about Migosh though.
1: Where he's like, <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to happen. just like, I'm not Burgle Cut, okay. but I'm also not, I do not yeah. want an adventure. <laughs> That's Burglecut.
2: the other
3: thing, these names. <laughs> names of
2: Burgle Cut. Burgle Cut
3: is. My goodness. So it was interesting to look at like IMDb after watching the movie and see how many of the names that I thought were first and last names were really just one name. Like, I'm like, why do they keep referring to my guy Mad by his full name, Mad Mad Mardigan. Mm-hmm. I assumed Marnigan was, was his last shirt? name, Mr. Marnigan. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Marnigan.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fancy meeting Matt you Martigan. here at the
3: crossroads. <laughs> yeah, that um, was that was wonderful. But the, the the Lord of the Rings, the Galadriel, just Galadriel is Galadriel here. She is in the <laughs> yeah. middle of Willow Joe. <laughs> it's
2: true. <laughs> I think I think that if Willow was made today, this original movie, that a lot mm-hmm. of people would have had a problem with Willow leaving his family to go for this adventure. <laughs> I think that this would be a trending topic on Twitter. Willow. Willow wow. Willow, like, is Willow, Willow
3: selfish?
2: A, yeah, is Willow selfish? Willow got a wife and kids, but look, he's going off on an adventure and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it would been. To, is Willow toxic? Would have been a whole situation. But then it was like, his, his age, you understood that everybody had their own thing. You had to go out there and find it. I think, like, as a kid, like, watching the movie, and I got to be honest with you, like, a lot of part, like, this movie is a large point of what shaped my expectations for a fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like really, this is early, early fantasy for me. I'm trying to think what would be earlier than this, because I'm eight when this comes out. I see it that same year. So I'm trying to think what what would be earlier for me in terms of just straight-up fantasy, unless you're talking about the Wizard of Oz or The Wiz, which I don't know if you guys know is a black version of The Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you yeah, guys I've have f- ever seen. I've heard of it. Have yeah. you ever heard of The Wiz <laughs> yeah, before? Yeah, I have heard of The Wiz. Um, so, you know, for like, and you know, obviously Star Wars is in there too. So for, for right. me, it's like.
1: Were you a Dark Crystal guy? Like, did I, you did. Watch- yeah.
2: I did. Yeah. I did. I did. All you, fucked up puppets I watched. Yeah, me too. Dark Star, Star
1: Crystal is also scary 80s fantasy. Really scary.
2: scary. 80s fantasy.
3: Yeah. Do, do you guys you know, used to watch The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the animated <gasps> film? Ye- oh, no, not the animated. There was like a BBC miniseries there was a, that yeah, I watched. was an English one. It was, one yeah. English it
2: was yeah. an English one that I, I watched. I used to watch the
3: animated one all the time when I was a kid. And... <laughs> fan this will appall you but i used to be <laughs> i used to think the turkish delight looked so delicious I know oh no turkish delight. it's disgusting <laughs> it's,
2: it's terrible but it, it, it's
3: disgusting it so wonderful <laughs> yeah it,
2: you know i you know i I've, I've seen that they they made us watch the bbc one. they made us watch that in sunday school
1: oh interesting they're like what yeah. if jesus were a lion that, let's yeah. show you how
2: no, no. <laughs> It's about Jesus. Yeah. I know. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, so they, they turned yeah. it like, hey, if you, if you guys want to watch something like that, we got something that comes straight from the gospel and then we will watch it. Yeah. I wasn't really fucking with it like that. I got to be honest with you. There but,
1: In the, in that like version that I'm pretty sure that Van watched that I also watched, the little girl who, who played Lucy Pevensey had like, all the teeth in her yeah. head and she yeah. would like be like Aflan and you're like Lucy my goodness we would watch um, that we would
2: watch Voyage of the Mimi which is not fantasy yes. but I you guys remember Voyage we yes. just, just put Voyage of the Mimi on and then make just watch it and then check out and go do whatever church people do
1: speaking of watching willow through the lens of like trending topics on Twitter something that was pointed out to me By someone I watched uh, with on Thanksgiving, was like, I just didn't notice how many women are in. You know, if you want to talk about a Tolkien comp, Tolkien was really bad at putting women in his stories. But you've got Finn Rizal, Queen Bavmorta, Sorcia, um, Sherlindria, Alora and herself. You know what I mean? Like, baby. Yeah, there's just like Mm -hmm. a ton of women running around. The fact that the final showdown, like, Val's down there with his stupid armor and his his sword or whatever. Eric is you. dying because mm-hmm. someone has to die and Eric I guess is kind of enough of a main character to do so. Um but the final showdown is Willow and three women and a baby. You yeah. in, in a room with rain in it and I'm just like that's that rules. And like
3: sounds like a n- sitcom when you describe it that way. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Willow, yeah. three women and a baby and a beach. Pe- I would watch the place. Mad Martigan Eric prequel, too. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> all, all of the shenanigans, like, what did they get up to? They clearly have a rich and ribald history, and I want to know right. all of it. All of it. Right. I love I love that. I love when Eric rolls up and he's
1: like, No, I'm not letting you out of this cage. And there's just like all that history there, and you don't get to know it. But he's just like, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's no that's your
2: that's your Han Solo Lando. Sort of, uh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, sort of relationship. You I never ship. liked, I never liked Eric. You gotta let your homie out of the thing, like <laughs> you yeah. said, rock. Like you, I, I never liked Eric. It's Eric, a tough, tough moment for Eric. That's <laughs> a tough moment for Eric, <laughs> and and knowing, it also makes me wonder about the, the prequel. I never even thought about that prequel. That prequel would be awesome. It, it makes me wonder about how they went sour that he would leave him there knowing how deadly he is with the sword and that he could help them he must have Matt Mardigan must have really have not been shit yeah in like a real real way
3: but enough affection there that later in the cellar when Eric's just full on gaslighting him and is like actually I did you a favor (laughs) let me tell you how I saved your life my good lifelong pal Matt Mardigan my guy Mr. Mardigan is like okay (laughs) Sir
1: (laughs) Sir Mardigan Lord Mardigan (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> House the Martigan? House of Mardigan,
3: yeah. <laughs> Mad Mardigan of the East Hampshire Mardigans. What would Ma- what would Mad Mardigan's family crest be? Like Ooh. a throbbing erection, <laughs> a tankard of mead, mead a bla- black suck. root. Is that a? <laughs> you made Van take
1: his headphones off. That's that's how good you got him with that. He's still not recovered. <laughs> I feel like Dan uh, not spent enough time podcasting with you. Um, that, that's that's <laughs> <laughs>
2: um oh like crossed two of them <clears> throat> throat> crossed
3: yeah
1: like swords
2: sure. <laughs> 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 oh my uh, lord
1: Sorsha who is yeah. yeah like a Princess Leia Aowen sort of uh, uh, vibe. Uh, Val married her. They were married for like eight or Is nine so? years. Yeah, no, no, she no. was she was Joanne Wally Kilmer for a long oh. time, uh, until she wasn't. But and his two kids are He has two kids with her. But um, yeah. So I always felt like they're you know like. It's like watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, and you're like, these two definitely, actually, definitely, definitely, definitely want to fuck or are fucking <laughs> right now. Right. hundred percent. So when she's like, let me throw away my entire legacy and fuck my mom for you, fuck my mom over for you, you're like, yes, I get
3: it, Saoirse.
2: Yeah, that, that's uh, a little thin. That's a little thin on a rewatch.
3: At least we had the helpful line at the beginning telling us that she would betray her mother and turn cloak. So yeah, and Bob Morda's like never, and you're like yeah. mm, Bab Morda.
1: <laughs> you look great in eternal neck, but I think you're wrong.
2: Um,
1: uh. And then last but not least, let me just say I don't know how they play now, but in 1988, when I was a child, the Brownies were like the height of comedy for me. This so funny. Early Kevin Pollak role, my dude Moish Mazel <laughs>
0: crushing mm-hmm.
1: it in Willow. Yeah, they're doing like I guess like a almost like a. Canadian French fur trapper sort of energy is what they're going for I think because their names are rule and frangine like and that's kind of the accent that they have and they're like wearing all these furs so uh yeah my friends and I used to run around quoting the brownies all the time it was like our, our most quotable guys it's and i think the brownies really kept willow alive in our imagination for a long time because we loved we love those things
2: uh, they were in many ways i want to say the most i don't know if- I love, in my in my house, they were maybe one the most memorable thing, like about the movie. Yeah, little little scamps,
1: Mary Poppins.
2: Yeah, yeah, that were pests, but then in some way, like helped out in the end. It was just so interesting to see to, to 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 like see them and like when I would talk about it, like even with my dad, my dad would be like, "What's the movie with the little man?" <laughs> and, and, and you know what I mean? It would be it would be Willow. Yeah. Was, I, well, because they were they were essentially like. You know, fucking piss. They're like insects, termites almost.
1: Yeah, when the, well, when they show up when when uh Mad Mardigan is uh disguising himself as a woman so as mm-hmm. not to uh anger lug lug lug
2: brownies <laughs> oh, lug I hate brownies
1: crawling with them
2: <laughs> crawling with brownies just, just crawling with brownies
1: lug and, and on top of the brownies, I think the line that my sister says to me the most from this movie is a lug line when he goes, not a woman.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, meet Lug. Um, yeah, this is a movie for kids. And like the thing that separates it from the heights of Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, I would say, is that there's a beautiful adventure story here. This is one of my most cherished movies. There aren't, the uh, uh, High Alwyn has like a few things he says, but in terms of like uh, a, an Obi-Wan or a Gandalf figure, you don't have someone sitting you down and really, like, talking about, you know, in beautiful long quotes that Mallory can read through tears on a podcast, like, you know, <laughs> moments of, like, this is what this adventure means or this is the state of the world and stuff like that. And so I think it's missing that extra layer of, like, yeah. depth to it, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, this movie actually, and I'm not meaning to, to like, this my Tolkien people. I love you guys. You guys are like my cousins. I'm not one of you, but I'm related. Uh, this movie takes itself way less seriously. It yeah. just doesn't take itself as seriously as some of the stuff. And it's like, e- like even say, like this. Does this movie take itself as seriously as the the Star Wars prequels, Star Wars itself? This is a little bit of a lighter touch. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and like for that, in many ways. That's what makes it so digestible. It's not like there are no stakes. Of course there are stakes, but the evil doesn't seem quite as evil. um, And it doesn't seem like it's as life or death, even though it is, you know? So it it is a, a little bit more for kids, but when I'm watching it, I don't have to get into long spells where I am like about to cry. And stuff like that. All the tears here are they're they're good tears. They're fun tears. They're happy tears. But sometimes when I'm watching, though, I know you love the Lord of the Rings. Sometimes I'm like, God damn! I just want them to win. Just please let them win in the movie now. Like 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 Sam and Frodo are just they're never gonna <laughs> find it. Like it seems like but at some do. point Spoiler
1: they do Lord of the Rings.
2: They 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 do. Was like, can they just stop and start their own relationship? And like go away from all of this. It's, it's just it's so much. It's a commitment. And this is less so of that.
3: Gotta you know? keep working through hardship after hardship until you can no longer recall <laughs> the taste of food or the touch of grass. <laughs> <laughs> have to keep going. And maybe, maybe we'll
1: get that from the Willow TV series. I'm excited to Oh, I uh, think it's gonna and
2: it. by the way, I think you will. I think Willow, I think they understand that there's a lot more fertile ground there to do high concept, really serious fantasy. And I think the tone here, obviously, you know, Warwick is going to be in his comedy bag. That's what he likes to do, especially now. He's a very, very funny man. But I think they are going to really make a play with maintaining some of the some of the same stuff that they have from the movie, but I think they're going to take it in a lot more serious, a lot more grander of a way. I think they will.
3: That's what I was. I was interested to ask you both, as lifelong Willow fans, like what are you most hoping to see in this show? What are you looking forward to the most? What are you most hoping that the show captures about, like this the, the essence of the thing you love about the world and the story?
1: Thanks. Thank you for asking, Mallory. I appreciate the question. Um, I just i i i wanted to feel in the same spirit. Uh, like I was thinking a lot, you know, yesterday actually about a lot of the kind of squandered IP efforts that we've seen this year. uh, Like Top Gun Maverick obviously is like the example of like sure. the best the best version of like what you can do, right? Bringing a cast back. But if you think of stuff like Hocus Pocus 2 or whatever that just doesn't even feel like it exists at this point anymore, you know what I mean? There's right. just like mm-hmm. a few things that happen where I'm like, why did you bring Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill back for Jurassic Park movie that no one is talking about anymore you know like why why was why was this a story you decided so I want this to feel worth it like it's been so long they've wanted to right. do it for so long I want to spend more time in this world but I want it to feel like of a piece and like mm. it matters that Warwick is here it, you know, Joanne Wally plays Sorcha. She's going to be in it. I don't think she has, like, a huge role, but she's in it. You know, like, it matters that these people are here, plus this new generation. It's also really interesting to me. There's just something in the water about Willow in the last couple of years. Because, like, if you watch shows like Reservation Dogs, where there's a character named Alora Laura, Damon. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. they have, like, Willow jokes about it. Yeah. Or if you watch uh, The Green Knight, the David Lowry film, like, it, it starts with Dev Patel riding on a horse past the crossroads where Mad Mardigan, I was like, I asked him, I was like, was that inspired yeah. by Willow? He's like, yes, a hundred percent. That's Mad mm. Mardigan's cage that he is like, you know? So it's like, it it went to the people that it hit, it really hit. And that generation is now growing up and like making stories and stuff like mm. that. So like, I think that, I don't know that I fully answered your question, but I think in part answer your question, I just wanted it to feel worth it. Van, how, do, how do you feel
2: about it? Yeah. You nailed it at the I wanted it to feel worth it. I think there was always obviously there's fertile ground because we got so little of the world, you know, all we got was the movie. I always wanted Willow to be a bigger thing than what it was. Yeah. I wanted everyone to have seen Willow. I wanted everyone to have been able to talk about Willow with me. Um I talked about it with the people in my family. I it just it seemed like something that came and then went, but it was such a, a huge part of like my movie-watching childhood that I was like, oh, I want more. And at that point, you don't know anything about the business of Hollywood, so you don't know why they didn't make a sequel. Like, you have no clue. Like, to you, it was this big, huge deal, and you're like, well, there should be two Willows. There should be three Willows. And I certainly didn't know that he was only 18 when they made the movie, so we could be on, like, <laughs> Willow number nine. So I I want to see if there's... if the ground is as fertile as I think it is, if, like, to uh, to Joe's point... <clears throat> if we're going back and we're doing an IP money grab, or if we are actually expanding the world and bringing some of that wonder to a, like, a new generation, I think that that would be like so fulfilling for me. Because uh, you know, they made Hocus Pocus, too, and I'm sure that that was dope for a lot of people. I don't really, you know, I don't... It I don't was think like, it
1: was. I don't think people wound up caring, and they were just sort of like... They were excited about it and then it happened and then it didn't feel like it happened at all because people were like, this was this was either bad or just fine. And I, right. don't, I don't want it to be bad or fine. You're right. I want it to be fucking great. Yeah. That's how I feel about this. So, Mallory, the answer to the question is I want it to be good. Yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> and um, I love that, um, like, the cast I'm really excited for. Like, Aaron Kellerman, who I love. She's great. She's yes. great. Tony Revolori the the lobby boy from uh, from Grand Food Fest Hotel or Flash from Spider-Man movies and um, and then Christian Slater walked out at D23 Van and I by the way at D23 were like the loudest screamers in the room for Willow by the way
2: it was like it was the best thing they showed
1: it was like tepid response and then two older people on the left in the middle Van and Joanna (laughs) just being like
2: (laughs) It was. I, 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 I love. Yeah. I love it. But besides Andor and the half hour of uh, of Avatar, Avatar. The show, so there's a half hour of Avatar. Um, and so and so, I thought Willow was the best thing. Like literally, the Avatar was the preview that would never end. I can't wait to. I can't wait to have a conversation about that because I'm still still one of like the most peculiar things that's ever happened to me. At,
1: D, <laughs> at D23, Christian Slater walks out. Uh, and I, my sense is that Christian Slater is probably going to be in like, an episode, right? He's not, like, a main character. He's going to be, like, kind of barely... I don't know if that's
2: true. Because really? I think he's taken... I, I I think he's... I, I was led to believe that, obviously, for for all yeah. the sad real-world reasons, Matt Mardigan's character right. can't come back. Um, but they... He's like a friend of Matt Morgan or the cousin of Matt right. Morgan or something. He's he's and like Matt
1: Morgan's friend. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I I was, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that he might have more of a significant role in it than what I thought. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I think I'm just the
1: way, now. I mean, maybe in a future season, I think just the way the casting is listed, he's sort of like way down the cast list. That being said, okay. Okay. if he is in more, I'd be delighted. But as, a, in terms of like that, do they understand the vibe? I think- Putting Christian Slater in, if Val can't be here, putting Christian Slater in as sort of like a Val Kilmer-esque presence hits exactly the right note for me. I was yeah. like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Will Scarlet from Prince of Thieves, sure.
0: Will
2: Put him in Scarlet. here. Will <laughs> <laughs> Scarlet. Your mother left me for the boy and he loves. <laughs> I'm your brother. I have Christian, a brother? Chris, Christian Slater's a
1: little bit of a bitch in Robin and Prince of Thieves, if you've never seen him. A but, little but, bit know. of a bitch?
2: <laughs> Wait King, hold King on, bitch. he's a yeah. little bit of a bitch. <laughs> he is the one of the biggest bitches in movie history. In that movie, fucking despicable. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, and I think I think what they're tapping in in terms of like expanding the, you know, you've got like I don't know, like twelve main characters. I think, and you know, so of course they're obviously like going for a little bit of the like Game of Thrones sprawl around the map, right. you know, because you've got these a bunch of little groups, um. But also, it reminds me a lot of, like, you know, there's that D&D movie coming next year that, you know, Mallory, I'm really right. excited about. But, like, it's like it looks like a D&D sort of campaign. You've got these various adventurers. So,
3: I don't Steve, know. Steve, how about- is plotting the Ringerverse D&D campaign going?
0: It, it's literally my Christmas project to start writing that campaign.
3: <laughs> okay. Amazing. Van, are you going to play D&D with
1: us?
2: Okay, I will. But The
0: whole
3: family's playing.
2: I'm going to play. But I just family. want you guys to know that, like, it takes a it takes a lot for me to play it because I grew up on the Christian stuff that told me that it was of the devil. I'm serious, I, like, Man, I've got I've got some materials that you're. What you're if gonna Steve be puts in, a Jesus
1: sure. lion in it? What if Aslan oh, is in our campaign? Then it's okay, right? I'm with that, right? Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: But like it was it was
1: like Aslan, Turkish delight, <laughs> and Santa will be there.
2: There are certain things <laughs> that just like make me have this reaction. Like Twisted Sister was so evil. And they were like, Twisted Sister is the devil. You remember that? And I was like, oh, well, I see Twisted Sisters, see D. Snyder, I get scared. I'm like, oh. So I'll play D&D with you guys. Just so I'll be wearing my cross under my clothes. Make sure that it, it doesn't happen to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's, I mean, that's basically it. That's Willow. Uh, it's as good as Van and I remember. Mallory liked it. I was really worried she might be like, but I've already seen Lord of the Rings. But she didn't. She enjoyed it. So that made me really happy.
2: Do we leave um, out anyone? Is there anyone that deserves more talk in the Willow?
1: What about Vonkar, who's like the warrior Nolan? I just want to yeah. shout him out really quickly. Mm-hmm. He takes down one of those demon dogs with a spear and sort of hoisted mm-hmm. over his head. The, and the black curly gray. hair? Yeah, yeah yeah. Okay. yeah,
2: yeah. I like him. I yeah. like the fact that they had their own shit. They got their own, they don't fucking need you guys. They got their own wizards, their own warriors. <laughs> they do their own thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Their own weird uh seed monitoring system. Where'd you get those seeds? Burgle cut <laughs> wants to know. <laughs> Burgle cut. Um I guess I will I will give cut. one last shout out to Pat Roach, who is like very famously in the three Indiana Jones films and plays mm-hmm. Kale with Kale. the Gent. Like, were you thinking of um of
3: Rattleshirt? When you saw uh, Kale in in Real Willow, s- strong Lord of Bones, yeah, Lord Energy. of Bones vibes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I was, I, I was indeed. The only other thing I wanted to mention is just a movie that relies pretty heavily on zooming in for a close-up shot of a baby's face. Has to be a baby that's just nailing those facial expressions. That's the best baby actor that's ever existed. Ever li- yeah! genuinely it's so remarkable. Cute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, if it, you needed ba- a smile, you got it. If you needed an inquisitive look, you got it. That baby girl, wonderful. Curl.
1: Like raise an eyebrow. Yeah. That that is one of the best. <laughs> yeah. It has to be twins, right? Is it twins? I think yeah. I think
2: by law it was twins. Yeah, I, that's another '80s thing that I miss. Seeing kid actors, but it's two of them in the credits.
1: Oh, it's, it's oh in Ghostbusters 2.
2: Ghostbusters 2, the little Oscar. baby. Two yeah. babies playing two Oscar. Two babies play Oscar. They show you yeah. what to <laughs> do. Yeah.
1: Um, Alora Dannon is played by three babies. Kate and Ruth Greenfield and Rebecca Bearman yeah. are Alora Dannon. Wait,
2: wait, hold on. I
1: don't know. You can see there
3: are a couple shots where the face looks a little different.
1: But there was like a third, like stunt baby, you know, yeah. like the twins for, for the face the, shots, and yeah. then like the third baby for like.
2: I would be things. real with y'all. Yeah, I'm not mad enough about that. That's racist. <laughs> just saying that all white babies <laughs> could play the same role. That's what, like Do if they baby, did. Wait, if they did that in a movie, if there was twin black babies and then they just put another black baby in, it, I would be <laughs> fucking livid. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I never a, I didn't know that.
1: I have an important question for sure. for my apprentice in in wig watchery, Mallory mm. Rubin. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Mad Mardigan wig is top, top tier. The yeah. social <laughs> wig is also top tier. Yeah, like these are great wigs. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you think Alora
3: Dannon is wearing a little ginger hairpiece? Oh boy, I don't know a a the answer to that baby? question. It's a great question. I'm going to say that the reason the baby was cast was because of the the natural curls. I mean. They're incredible, yeah.
1: Delighted. But she's was, but she's like swaddled a the whole wig time. So like, on the baby, they could have just
3: put Surprise. a little a little wiglet and then That's swaddled true. her, you attaching I mean? it to the even perhaps to like the burlap sack that yes. they're Carrying her in,
1: yeah, correct. When she like Moses's
3: her way down the river, uh, to to Willow and his kids. Anyway, I should be um, merch it by calling it a burlap sack. There's that nice, like almost. It's like they took Tim Riggins's jacket. It's like a nice shearing, like sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, turned it into yeah. a <laughs> like a, a little carrier there. Yeah, Wonderful. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, that's Willow. I think we did it. Great stuff. Also, I mean, like one last thing. Shot obviously shot on location. I think they were in Wales for most of the movie. So like it's just one of those things where it like it looks great. Like, especially the whole snow sequence. Snow yeah. under bright blue sky is an underrated uh beautiful. you know setting yeah. for a sequence. So Absolutely all the beautiful. stuff that happens in that sequence is really cool.
3: So among your your people there, Joe. Uh, uh the,
2: the Welsh. A daughter of yeah. Wales.
3: Yeah. That's true. It's just Michael Sheen and me.
1: You're from
2: you're from you're from Wales? Yeah. Oh, really? Look at that. Gareth Bale. It's the only thing i know about wales
1: they're you know? all named gareth the
2: every, whole gareth
1: every
3: welsh person is named gareth oh
2: okay, i'm watching did you watch Wales?
3: whoa how far are you i was going to ask joe if she watched wales uh no USA, but i watched in the world cup but we, i watched I england you watched usa you did i did i watched Great.
1: that whole game nobody scored anyway but <laughs> it's, i um, yeah.
2: That's a big, <laughs> big win
1: for us. I given <laughs> to understand that that is a you win, win for America. That's yeah, a
3: big so. win for us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh Babe, Wait, what are you Dan, saying? How far crown? are you in the crown?
2: So I just watched the episode.
3: Where Charles like, goes to Wales? No. Oh, I thought that's I just, why I, you were saying
2: it. <laughs> I just watched the episode where my, my homeboy, the valet, passes away um after you know, he set up the they set up the new castle or whatever.
1: That's my favorite episode of the season.
2: Yeah, where like the he uh the valet guy yeah. and he worked for them in the past and now he works for
1: Mohammed al fayed
2: Mohammed al fayed yeah. And then he they 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 try to get the queen, but she sends her emissary. Yeah. And then he's coughing the whole episode. And I'm like, yo, man, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, don't tell me something's about to happen. And then as soon as the queen disses them, by the way. <laughs> I'm not trying to speak ill because this is a real person that really died. They're not doing the queen very many favors in this show, man. Like, she's not, uh, they're not doing the queen very many favors in this show. It's hard to like the queen. And, I, and I've, I've I've seen other, I've watched everything that she went through when she came up. I know we're not going to get into the crown podcast, but it's hard <laughs> to like the queen watching the crown. I'm just being honest.
1: Would you rather, if you had to pick one monarch, yeah. would you rather Queen Babmorta, who seems scary but fun,
2: or <laughs> Queen Elizabeth? It's gonna be my Morta. Let me tell you why. Because she can do tricks, and so it's gonna be down for people who are down. But if I'm hanging out with her, yeah. it's gonna. Be, she's gonna be turning people into squirrels, into rocks, and, putting into them in rocks. the rocks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. so, you know, I want all the way evil anyway, but. We got a lot. We should just do a. We should just do a podcast called Shows, <laughs> <laughs> or we just sit around and like somebody goes, okay, yeah. cool, but have you watched this? And then yeah. we just discuss it. Just. Podcast called Shows. Anyway, all right. That's the
3: it. whole pod that's is free association where like a thing somebody said about one show makes you think of another show and then we talk about that for a few minutes and then it just keeps going and then you have an episode. Yep. Yeah. Both yep. Mallory and
1: Steve and Arjuna asked me if there was an outline today and I said, no, vibes only. And that's how we ended up talking about Love the vibes. <laughs> Um, Are you proud of me that I watched the World Cup game, Mallory or event, the whole thing?
3: I am. I'm thrilled. Did I
1: take a short nap? I did. But other than that, I watched it. So... <laughs> And I plan to watch more. I love the World Cup, actually. Um it's I like playoffs, you know, tournament sports. It's fun for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't I watch it. a full season, but when we get to like the World Series, like the playoffs, then I get invested. Oh, I
2: no, I get that. The the thing that the thing that's hard for me is watching the World Cup is that like the guy the you know, those guys are too good looking, man, to play a sport like the, the 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 soccer guys yeah. it's just like it, 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 you know I'm a there's big a slub. wonderful it's, it, it's like like it, the, the soccer guys it's, it's like they're too they go, they're they're all I don't know it's like there's not there's no gruffness you know you don't see any guys that where are you from I'm from Opalaka. you know I'm just gruff I'm here because i'm I'm just gruff these guys look like
1: there's a lot of headbands.
2: The headbands, there right. they, they, it's their it's hair, headband it's, headband is, headband. Yeah. Their hair is impeccable. Hair. Yeah, you, it, it just makes you feel like they're living a lifestyle that you can't even get near, and then they are.
3: Well, they're, they're like, incredibly uh,
2: rich, <laughs> famous, they gifted, date you, and <laughs> handsome <laughs> right. global stars. It's like, so <laughs> yeah. right? it's, it's like it just feels. <laughs> but the NBA guys, the last thing I'll say, the NBA guys is like, I know these motherfuckers. I see them around. I know. Man, I know where they come from. These soccer guys seem like they're from another planet. All of this pretty boy running up and down, kicking the ball and shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you one uh, sports bit of trivia that I was pleased to get correct, Mallory?
3: Absolutely. And
1: Van also. Uh, we were talking about David. What do you? What do? You, what do you do with a footballer when he's no longer a, uh-huh. a, a footballer? Right. And when yeah. my friends were talking about David Beckham and what he's up to, and then he just like. Created a league or bought a league in Miami, whatever. He has a Miami league. And I said, are the colors pink and turquoise? <laughs> and guess what? They are. Yeah. Miami Vice colors yeah. on David Beckham's team. South and Beach I, colorway, always. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah. there we go. Sorry, Radio. is it not Miami? Anyway. Anyway. So that's been our Willow slash the Crown slash World Cup slash Mallory Kills Van with just one <laughs> mere throbbing <laughs> erection joke. I dare what you to come on a house is... of our full two and a half hour podcast I just, someday. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> it just came out of nowhere, dog. That's like, how it always comes with Mallory like, <laughs> freezing. How it always Fraising. comes, Fraising. yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so Van and I went back on Wednesday to talk about uh oh Willow, God. yeah, the TV show. Uh, can't wait thank you all to I know I heard from a ton of people who watched Willow for the first time just because I begged them to and that makes me thrilled beyond happy mm-hmm. uh, thanks to Mallory and Van of course thanks to Arjuna Rink-pull for his production work and for just letting me fucking do this thank you Arjuna mm-hmm. you're a king to, uh, to the great Steve Allman for making something that resembles a sensical podcast out of this I appreciate you and to Jomia Dinneron for indulging me with Hopefully at least one Willow GIF on the socials this week. And, uh, and we'll be back on Wednesday. And it's never too late, Mallory, to become a magician.
0: Bye!